Are you a virtual assistant juggling all the things? You know, inquiries, contracts, payments. It can feel a little overwhelming at times trying to keep up with everything, right? Well, meet your new business BFF, insert HoneyBook. Think of HoneyBook as the upgrade your VA business didn't even know that it needed, taking you from beginner to polished and professional in no time. I've been using HoneyBook since day one of my business, and let me tell you, it's been a lifesaver for this busy mom. It's user-friendly, lets you automate workflows, and my favorite part is that it's completely customizable, so it'll look like it's native to your brand. I know what you're thinking. Do I really need a customer management platform? Well, spoiler alert, yes, you do. It's the secret ingredient that's given my VA business a 98% success rate of turning curious inquiries into solid bookings. Now, here's the deal. You can score an amazing 50% off right now if you use the link in the show notes. That's right. You heard that correctly. 50% off your entire subscription for any plan. And trust me when I say your business deserves the HoneyBook Upgrade. Welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Mom Movement Podcast. This is the first time that I am hitting record in the new year. It's currently January of 2024, and man, am I excited. I don't know about you guys, but I love the new year. I love a blank slate. I love a chance to become a new version of yourself. And I know sometimes this is laughable because we see it online. We're like, new year, new me sort of vibes. And I think what is exciting to me is the opportunity that there's so much ahead. And so it almost feels like anything is possible, mostly because it is. I remember times in my life when the idea of like becoming a new version felt daunting. I was like, um, no, I can barely be my current version. How am I going to become this brand new version of myself? But it's something about the idea that you have 12 wide open months ahead of you to create your own reality. It feels really empowering. And I think the difference is that working in the online space, I've seen right before my very eyes how powerful we and our minds truly are. And I mean this wholeheartedly when I say we have the ability to create whatever reality that we want. And with the help of God, that reality can be even better than what we imagine for ourselves. It's honestly really cool. So in today's episode, I thought it would be fun to take a look back at 2023 and cover the highs and the lows of 2023 in my business as a female mom entrepreneur. I'm going to share at the end what my word of the year is. And lastly, I'm going to share my big goals for the new year. I am not holding anything back in this episode. So grab your coffee because things are about to get real. Welcome to the Millennial Mom Movement, a podcast that's all about redefining what it means to be a working mom. I'm your host and business BFF, Amanda Rush Holmes. Each week, we dig deep and reverse engineer how to make money on your own terms. Get ready for inspiring insights, fun chats, and tangible tips to rewrite your success story. Let's dive on in. 
All right, so let's dive right in to 2023. Holy cow, it went by so fast. But in the moment, it didn't feel like it. So time is so strange to me. But I'm going to kick off with what sucks in 2023. And then I'm going to end on a high note, if that is cool with you. I'm always in the mindset of let's sacrifice now so that we can gain later. And I feel like this kind of applies here. So 2023 was by far my hardest year in business. It was filled with growth and challenges and it forced me to stretch myself in ways that I definitely was not ready for. And I think the biggest reason that I felt like 2023 was challenging was because there was so much newness. And I do have to remind myself that just because something is new doesn't mean that it's hard. But man, it felt hard. And that's just the reality of running a business. Now, I hate to be like, wow, 2023 sucked because that is not at all true. I made so many fun memories. I made friends. I traveled. I hung out with my kids and my husband. And like overall, it was a really good year. I have nothing to complain about. But if we're talking about business, oof, it was hard. There were a lot of lessons that I had to learn. And some of them I had to learn more than once. And some of them are ones that I've talked about on this very podcast. So isn't that fun? So let's break it down by quarter because that's how I think about things in terms of business. We'll kick off with quarter one. Quarter one, we doubled our revenue in the business. And let's be real, quarter two, we then spent recovering from quarter one. But in quarter one, I did a really fun launch with a friend of mine and that blew up the revenue in our business in a really positive way. But it also poked a lot of very large holes that if I'm being honest, I knew were there and I knew needed to be streamlined. But when you force a whole lot of people through an agency, those holes become very apparent. And when I say holes, I just mean things like systems and processes and people and deliverables and like There's so many different things that go into running a marketing agency for influencers and online business owners. And so when you force a lot of people through the door, it really kind of tests the structure of your business. And so I think it was a beautiful test to have, especially because it happened at the beginning of the year. And then if I'm being honest, we spent pretty much the rest of the year figuring out, okay, these are all the things that we saw. And it was a big, long list. And now when I say this, things were not chaotic as I'm probably making them seem. It was more of me as the perfectionist, knowing that I'm the owner of this business and I want to be the owner of a best-in-class business. I wanted everything to be of the highest quality. And so when I saw something maybe internally that our clients never saw, right? Like they never saw the conversation that's happening behind the scenes with the team member or the piece of content that didn't make it to them because it had this error. Like they don't see the 25 steps before the final product gets to them. So forward facing, outside looking in, we're like a deck. We're like, calm, cool, and collected on the surface. But if you look under the water, those feet were paddling really, really, really fast. And so that's probably a really good example of what our business was in 2023. It was like 
calm, cool, and collected on the surface. Like, we've got this. We're a beautiful duck. We're a swan. But under the water, we were paddling really, really fast. And so that was quarter one. And I think I mentioned this on the podcast before, but I took this trip with a good friend of mine and it was so eye-opening because I was gone. It was kind of an impromptu trip. It wasn't super planned, but I went to California for a conference and I was gone for a handful of days. And let me tell you, those were the most stressful days. I had so much fun on the trip, but I could not disconnect from work. My phone was going off every second from the time I woke up at like 5 a.m. till the time I went to bed at 10 p.m. It did not stop. And I felt so frustrated that I had built this beautiful business. It's an online business that's supposed to give me the freedom and flexibility. And it kind of felt like, if I'm being honest, I was wearing golden handcuffs. And that was so eye-opening to me because I love working and I love my clients and I love my team and I love my business, but I don't want to be a prisoner of my own business. And so I knew as the leader of this business, I had to make some really big changes. And so if you're in this spot, whether it's you and a virtual assistant or just you or you and a team of 20 people, I advise you to think about, okay, what do I need to do? This is literally what I asked myself. I said, if I wanted to take a two-week vacation, and let's say I want to go to Hawaii, which by the way, we're totally planning on doing at some point, and I want to 100% disconnect. I'm talking like I am turning off my phone and nobody can reach me for two solid weeks. How could I make the business run without me and it be stable and everybody be happy and content and nothing hit the fan? What do I need to do? What systems do I need to put in place? What people do I need to hire? What team members do I need to train in order to make that happen? And I basically spent the rest of 2023 answering that question. And if I'm being honest, I'm still answering that question. But man, we are a lot closer to answering that question now than we were at the beginning of 2023. So as I said, quarter one was a really big quarter for the business, which was beautiful. But it was also really eye-opening. Quarter two was a lot of kind of plugging those holes, getting things under control. And it was really figuring out, okay, we know what the holes are. How do we fix them? So it was also the first time that I felt like, okay, we had plugged the holes. We've recovered from the influx. What do I want life with this business to look like? And so you'll kind of notice a theme throughout this episode. This episode is very me-centered about kind of my journey as the entrepreneur running this agency and what that looks like. And so I felt this really big internal pull to spend more time with my kids. And this is a challenge for me because I'm definitely that person that when I'm working, I want to be with my kids. And when I'm with my kids, I want to be working. And so obviously you can't do both at the same time and do them well. But I knew that they're little. I mean, my oldest is four and my youngest is about to be two. And so these years before they're like really, truly in school are fleeting. And they're fleeting very quickly. I feel like I'm sure every mom feels this way. But you have your baby and you're in this newborn phase and then you feel like just the days are so long and then all of a sudden you blink and you're like oh when did that stage pass 
wait, when did we phase out of bottles? When did we phase out of breastfeeding? When did we phase out of giving milk? Like all these like tiny little things that just seem so normal in your day to day. All of a sudden you just stop doing like my two year old just stopped drinking milk one day. I don't know really when it happened, but it happened. And I was like, oh, this giant carton of milk just expired because he's not drinking it. And it's like this realization that was like, well, when did he stop drinking it? And you move through these phases so quickly, but when you're in them, they just feel so stagnant. So it's really strange. But I decided to pull my kids out of school, which I did talk about. And don't get me wrong, that was challenging in itself. It was challenging because while I love taking the summer to just hang out with the boys and be a mom, I also could not just be off for an entire summer. So there was still a lot of balancing work in between the cracks of the day while also trying to stay present and also wanting to grow the business. But growing the business requires me to move it forward. And so it was a really weird transition. I leaned a lot on the team and I think it forced them to really be accountable for the pieces of the business that they're supposed to be accountable for. But it also gave me a really clear realization that my business was not structured correctly. And this means that I had to make some internal movements that then resulted in loss of team members, but it also resulted in the gain of some new amazing people. And while that transition was really hard and like losing leadership team members is never ideal when it's not the right person for the role. And my big thing is I am not looking at the business as the business is today. I'm looking at the business as the business it is now and the business it's going to grow into in the next three years. So if the team that I have now cannot also be the team that I need in three years to support that business, then we've got a problem. Because my leadership team has to be so good and so on point and so ahead of the curve that they are growing alongside the business and the business isn't growing and they're trying to play catch up. And so I was in a situation where as a leader, I knew some people on this team were not the right fit for the business that we were going to be in three years because they were barely a fit for the current business. And so I challenge you to think about that when you're hiring. And that's not to say that, you know, you need to hire overqualified people. It's to say that the people that you hire need to be willing to grow and do the work to stay ahead of the curve of the business so they can help lead the business into the future. And that kind of brings us into quarter three. So we had some internal team movement. We have some people exit the business and we brought on one of my most favorite humans, which is our online business manager. And I haven't really spoken about her yet because she was new in her role and I wanted to protect her privacy. But oh my goodness, you guys, If there is a human made out of gold, it is my online business manager. And I hope she listens to this because she's one of my favorite humans. She is so smart, so wise, so talented, and truly such a joy to work with. And I knew she was the right hire instantly when I talked to her. But what's funny is that we've known each other since 
when I first started this business. And she's actually, she was a guest on the podcast before it was the Millennial Mom Movement. It was called the Bold Business Podcast. She was a guest on there. And I'll definitely bring her on as a guest again here soon so you guys can meet her and hear from her. Her name is Jillian and she is so good. I cannot say enough good things about her. But she instantly took to the team and vice versa. And it was such a natural transition to where it felt like she had always worked with us and alongside of us. And the value that she's added to the business is immense in such a short period of time. There are so many things that as a business leader, I could see and I know that needed to happen throughout the year. But it wasn't until I brought on Jillian that we were actually able to bring those things to fruition. And so our business was not ready for an online business manager two years ago. That was not a necessary role. But as the business continued to grow and we built out an entire leadership team where there's multiple account managers that oversee different areas of the business and have teams underneath them, I knew I needed somebody at the top to help me streamline, systemize, and manage some of the day-to-day because I only had so many hours in the day as well. And that has truly been life-changing. And I feel like that has been the catalyst that is kind of bringing us into the new year, which is really, really exciting. So in Q3, we did some really fun things. We sponsored our first conference, which was in Dallas, Texas. It was Jordan Gill's Make Your Mark Conference. It was really good. If you guys are looking at investing in a conference this year, I would highly recommend that one. It was the people there were so warm, so genuine. They were established in their business. It's not a 101 beginner conference. The speakers were amazing. And I think what I love most about it is that the vibes were super laid back and casual. And nobody was like trying to compete with each other or it was just such like a warm welcoming environment and it was short and sweet it was just like two days you're in and out it was fun anyways highly recommend I did do a whole recap episode about investing in that conference as a sponsor and how I felt like that was beneficial so if you guys want to go back and listen to that I'll put the link in the show notes it was also one of those experiences where I realized how much I love being in person and connecting with other people in my industry. And so I will definitely be attending more conferences in this 2024 year. I'll keep you guys posted as to which ones I decide to invest in and go to. As much as I love traveling, I probably will look for some conferences that are more on the Eastern Coast because some of them I could probably drive to. I live in Atlanta, Georgia. So there's definitely some in Nashville, Tennessee and Florida that are within driving distance that would be a little bit more cost effective. So I'll keep you guys posted on that. If you want to join me, you totally should. (laughs) And then in Q3, I honestly spent a lot of time reflecting and working on me. So I started working with a mindset coach and really doing some deep work because I it, it feels more natural for me to go out and read a book or take a course or listen to a webinar or a podcast on whatever the topic may be. And that's great, but I've noticed that like these thoughts tend to swirl around in my head, especially as a mom and a business owner, because I'm keeping up with the team, I'm keeping up with the clients, and then I'm keeping up with the mental load of being a mom and a wife in modern day society. And so as my perfectionist brain tends to do, it never really shuts down. And so what I've had to learn how to do is work alongside my brain and really be aware of my thought patterns 
and realize that not all my thoughts are fact and then grab that passing thought and be like, okay, I see you. I see where you're coming from. But in actuality, this is fact. And so essentially what I'm doing is working to change my brain patterns. And it's not an overnight thing, but I will say I have a much healthier mindset around things than I used to. And that allows me to have peace and move through decisions with confidence throughout my day. It sounds kind of weird. And like, it's one of those things where it's very similar to therapy in a sense. But the difference is instead of really digging into past things that have occurred to me, we're digging into, okay, that happened. That's where this thought is coming from. But now how do we adjust going forward? And so it's less of like, okay, let's dig into the past and more of like, okay, we acknowledge the past. We see how, you know, our childhood and whatever happened, happened and how that shaped us to become who we are. But now what do we do with who we currently are? And how do we become the person that we really want to be? How do we truly be the best version of ourselves? And what does that look like for us? And so for me, what we did is we started to look through things through my core values. What do I believe in to my core as Amanda? Strip away all these other things that I do and like, who am I and what lights me up and what do I believe in and what makes me happy? And once we established what those things were, it was honestly, it was harder than I thought it was going to be because sometimes you're like, well, who am I without all these things? So that in itself was a challenging exercise. But once we kind of got down to the meat of what the answers to that was, and I literally wrote it down on a piece of paper so that I can refer back to it frequently, because sometimes my people please yourself will be faced with a decision that I have to make or something that a conversation that I have to have or just something in life. And if I'm struggling with the decision or I'm not sure which direction to take, going back to my core values allows me to very clearly say, is this in line with these four or five things? If the answer is no, then I politely decline and I move on and I have zero guilt around it. And so I'll give you like a silly example, but I feel like this happens a lot where like in families, you might be invited to something and you don't really want to go because of these 10 reasons, but you feel obligated to. And if you don't, you're going to let somebody else down. And so you go and you're annoyed and you didn't really want to do it. And the whole thing is like stressful because of these other things, but you go anyways. And then you're like mad that you went. (laughs) This is like happened to me before. So what you could realize is that you don't have to go to please other people. And this is what I've had to come to terms with. This is like such a silly example again, but this is just what popped in my head first. If I want to go because that sounds fun and exciting and that's how I want to spend my time and I value things like that, awesome. Then I should say yes. But if I don't want to go and I don't have a relationship with those people and going is not going to serve me and it's only going to make me feel worse about whatever it is that I'm dealing with, then I can politely decline and choose to invest my time elsewhere that is more directly in line with my values. And I don't have to feel guilty for the way that other people feel about me saying no to something. Again, this is such a silly example, but... There's so many things like that or similar to that or different but kind of the same thing that occur and I'm sure other people struggle with this too. And I feel like letting go of the way other people feel has been tremendously freeing. 
Okie dokie. As we moved into quarter four, this is probably one of the seasons that I am most proud of as a business owner. So as you could see, 2023 was a big learning experience. There were so many fun things that we did, but it was also, like I said, really hard. And it wasn't until quarter four that I started to feel stable. And I think, you know, some people might be like, gosh, like 2023 stuff, like all these things went wrong. And like we had these issues and like we had team members leave and come in and there were all these things that happened. But for me, I'm like, wow, I am so thankful. That grew me into a new version of myself. That allowed me to make these decisions with confidence. That allowed me to, sometimes you have to like literally burn the business to the ground to rebuild it stably. Like you have to redo the foundation so that you can build a building that's really freaking high. That's okay. I'm okay with doing that work, knowing that it's going to pay off in the long run. And so Q4 was when I was like, okay, I am seeing the light. It's happening. We closed the business for two whole weeks, which does not sound like a long time, but listen, in the online business world, it might as well have been a month. This was the, and I'm like a little bit embarrassed to say this, but in the effort of being transparent, this was the first time that I ever took off around Christmas. There was not a Slack message, an email sent, a piece of content created, literally 100% disconnected. And while I love to be busy and productive, I have to say that left me craving so much more margin in my life. For the first time, I felt so stable. We have the right people in the right places. We have amazing clients. We have systems. We have a solid game plan. And it was honestly so amazing to watch all of that hard work finally start to unfold in front of me because oftentimes I feel like business is a little bit like a snowball, like you're packing the snowball, but you're not really sure like when it's going to take off and roll downhill on its own. But once it does, oh man, is that snowball seriously unstoppable. And that kind of led us into that break, which was such a beautiful way to end the year and also start 2024. It allowed me to just be present with my family around the holidays, which I love the holidays. I love any holiday. Let's be real, like an excuse to celebrate and decorate with cute stuff and give me all the things. So yes, holidays are my jam. But that also allowed us to travel and visit family and do that without stressing, without feeling like I needed to be changed my laptop, without worrying that somebody might need me or reach out to me or ask me to do something. And it was so free. So that leads me into some big things that I'm doing in 2024, what I'm not doing in 2024, and I'll also share my word of the year. So I've got 10 things that I'm doing different in 2024. Number one is I'm creating more margin in my life, more margin for fun, but also for creativity. And number two is I'm creating space for rest. I am actually building it into my year. I'm so proud of myself. We have a 2024 VA Studio calendar that we've pinned inside all of our client Slack channels to let them know of studio closings. Because while, yes, I want this for myself, I also really want this for my team. When I think about the type of company that I'm building and the culture and the people that are working for us, I want them to speak about working for the virtual assistant studio like it is a gift. It is a 
privilege to work for our company because our clients are so fun to work with because the actual work we get to do is fun because we build rest into our business and we work really hard when we're working, but we also rest really well too. And having true work-life integration is what I'm all about. So that's number two. Number three is I started creating savings buckets to hold myself accountable to do what I actually say I want to do. I am so bad about being like, wouldn't it be so fun to go to New York at Christmas time and like see the city all decorated and go see the Rockettes and do all these things? And then December rolls around and I'm like, dang, like I never planned that New York trip. I have probably done that for five years straight. So no, I'm not doing it this year. Inside, I bank with Ally. I love them, by the way. You guys should totally check them out. Their money market accounts are so good. There's like a 5% high yield money market account for savings, which is like 10 times more than any other generic account out there. And there's no fees. We have online banking and it's so easy to use. But anyways, we could go on and on about them. But inside of their savings accounts, they have what's called buckets. So you can basically create these different buckets inside your savings account that allows you to like visually divide up your money. So I've got buckets for everything. I've got buckets for tax savings and for general savings, you know, our emergency fund. Uh, I've got like our beach vacation bucket in there. I've got, okay, I know we've got this expense coming up, like our HOA dues for our house are due at a certain time every year. So I've got a bucket for that. I've got literally all different kinds of buckets. And The reason that you want to do these buckets, because it kind of is like gamifying saving for these things. So I'll be like, oh, I have an extra hundred dollars. Like, let me tuck it into my vacation fund bucket. Oh, am I going to fund it by my projected day? Oh, yeah, I'm 75% on the way there. Like it's it almost makes it more fun to save your money. So that is my advice for you. Check out Ally. It's A-L-L-Y. And this is not sponsored, (laughs) but maybe it should be. Okay. So that way, all my buckets are going to hold myself accountable. You guys know I follow Dave Ramsey and I don't love all the advice he gives, but like 90% of it. One of the things that he says is if you don't tell your money where to go, you're going to wonder where it went. And I find this to be very true. So I've gotten really intentional about budgeting for our family. And this is a form of budgeting for me, which means like, yes, we budget. We're going to save X number of dollars each month. But now let's take it one step further. And like, let's put those savings dollars into buckets so that we can really make sure we stay on track for these things. And it also makes it super empowering so that when you go to do that thing, you're like, awesome, I already have the money. Swipe that debit card and like, let's move on. And it's super fun. And you don't have to stress about, oh, should I spend the money on this or not? You know, whatever. Number four is I am only saying yes to the things that I really want to do. And I'm politely declining the rest. And this is going to be true in my personal life and in business because I have a tendency to say yes to everything. I want to help everybody. I love collaborating with all the people. And that is not proven to be effective. So we're trying a different strategy this year, and we're just going to say yes to the things that are really, really fun. Number five is I am getting laser focused in the business on a few key things. I am not overcomplicating them, and I am just going deeper on what is already working instead of going wider. And so you may notice some light shifts around here, but one of those is For example, for full-time VA, we are only going to be doing one launch this year and it will be at the end of the year and that's it. And so if you want to get into full-time VA, I recommend joining the waitlist because we're only launching one time this year. 
That is an example of being laser focused on very specific things at very specific times of the year. This is everything from systems to team management and so much more, but this will allow me to actually accomplish what I want to accomplish and then move on. Number six, this is a big one. I am going to be planning a move for the business to a four-day work week. Now, this is the one that I'm probably most nervous about, but I know can work. And so as we start this transition and go through it, I will keep you updated on what this looks like. But I know I would love to have one day that's like just for me. My kids will still be in school for a few hours and I can just do whatever I want to do. Whether that maybe that is working that day. Maybe it's a home project. Maybe it's meeting a friend for coffee. Maybe it's walking around Target solo. Like whatever that is. I just need like one day, a few hours on one day a week to just do all the things. I also kind of plan on using this as like almost like a housekeeping day too to do things like catch up on like a grocery shop or go get my nails done and things like that that I typically feel like I have to squeeze into the cracks of life and that can be a stressor for me. I can use this day as like half I'm going to get stuff done and then half I'm going to take time for myself. And I'm really excited about this and I'm excited about it for our team members too. But again, it's a big transition. So I'll keep you guys posted. Number seven is my goal for this entire year is to get the business to a place where it will run without me by the end of the year while also tripling our revenue from last year. So kind of two goals in one, but this is my own personal challenge. That question that I was talking about at the beginning of this episode that was at the forefront of my brain in 2023, that has not gone away. I am still working towards answering that question and figuring out exactly what that needs to look like inside the business. And so I'll keep you guys posted on what we implement and what we've been implementing as we go through the process. On a more personal note, I am letting go of all the things that I'm good at, but I don't need to be doing. So here's what I'm not doing in 2024. I'm not cleaning my house. I Am I good at cleaning? Yes. I'm actually very good at cleaning. It's a weird skill that I have and I love it and I love organizing. I could be like those home edit people if I really wanted to be. But this is not a good use of my time and I find that it's another open loop that I'm constantly like, oh, I gotta, it's time to clean the appliances. It's time to do this. Like I need to do this and it makes my brain continue to run for no reason. So I've decided to put it in a box and I'm gonna let it go. So I hired a house cleaner. They're going to come once a month and I'm not going to touch the house cleaning outside of that. If something needs to be touched up, my husband's going to do it, period. Other things are like laundry. I only do laundry once a week and I don't touch it any other time after that. And you guys are going to laugh, but I legit started like a chore chart for me and my husband. And so we're passing off laundry. So like I do it a week, he does it a week. I do it a week, he does it a week. Because it's all of our clothes and why do I have to do all the laundry? I don't. It doesn't need to be done by me every single time. So we only have to do laundry like four times a month as a family unless we like really need something washed and then we'll do a quick wash or something. But four times a month as a family, two times I do it, two times he does it. So I'm doing laundry two days a month. That's it. I don't know about you guys, but that feels a lot less stressful to me than how we were doing it before, which kind of felt like we were doing laundry every day. Some other things that I'm not doing is things like packing my kids' lunches. 
like every night I pack their lunches and I'm like, I don't need to do this. My husband can totally pack a lunch. So like, cool, you get lunches now. I'll keep up with the other hundred mental load things for their classes, like what to bring for this themed day of school and do they have this and whatever. Like I'll keep up with that stuff. I'm good at that stuff. He's not good at that stuff. So like I'm recognizing strengths and weaknesses. And then I'm like, how can we be a really cohesive team where there's this feels good for both of us? And you know what? He loves packing their lunch. He like makes it cute and he'll write on things and send little notes and like he has so much fun with it so like cool let him do that let him be the amazing dad that he wants to be I don't need to pack the lunch and you don't either by the way okay and number nine is I'm carving out time for friendship and so this is a value of mine whether that's a family friendship or just a regular friendship but really designating time for connection and I'm sure I'm not the only one coming out of the pandemic where I'm excited to get back to community and whether this is one person or multiple people, but I really just want to pour into the people that are like my people. But I'm also like holding that loosely knowing that he'll make a new best friend this year. Who knows? We'll see. Okay, number 10 is I'm focusing on health. And when I say health, I'm not like, oh, I'm trying to lose 10 pounds. Although I'm not saying that wouldn't be nice. But I am saying I'm focusing on the health of myself, my family, and my business. And I'll probably do an episode all about this, about how I measure health for myself, my family, and my business, and what it looks like to optimize that, which leads me into my word of the year. Now, I am not typically one that's like, here's my word of the year, and I'm going to live by it, and I'm going to like write it down and I don't know. I see people like get necklaces with it and stuff. They really take it to the next level. That's not really my vibe. I've never done a word of the year until this year. But this year, I feel called to look at things through a very specific lens. And when I think about how I want 2024 to look, I think the biggest thing that comes to mind is being really intentional about everything that I'm doing from what I eat to how I spend my time to how I communicate with my kids and my husband and my family and my team members and just every little thing being intentional. Asking myself, is this my best version of myself or can I do something 1% better? And so that led me to think about my word of the year, which is optimize. My goal is to optimize everything in my life, everything that I'm not doing well and everything that I'm already doing If I can increase it by just 1% every day, I know I'm going to be in really good shape by the end of the year. And so that's my goal. Now, I'm not perfect. Some days I like completely failed this. Like yesterday, I was like, oh, did I even drink water today? Like, I don't think I did. So there was a great example of like, "Mm, maybe I can optimize my health a little bit. But I also am trying to go back and be intentional as things pop up throughout the day or throughout the week and think about, okay, how can I be the best version of myself in this moment? How can I optimize? How can I set myself up for success? Even if it's just taking five minutes a night before to pick out, you know, my clothes and make sure that I have what I need for the morning and plan out my day and time block and like really think through like, okay, what are all the things that I can do to set myself up for success? So that is the word of the year, optimize. Maybe you can pick yours or maybe yours is optimized too. You're totally welcome to use that as well. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. These kind of episodes are always really fun for me, the ones that are a little bit more personal and kind of give you guys an inside peek into the virtual assistant studio, what's going on behind the scenes, and what is coming up. I do have to say I am excited for the content this year and the podcast. This is another example of something that we're optimizing, but 
we have some really good guests lined up for you guys and we have some really great topics. But this podcast is for you. So if you want to see something specific or you would love to know about, hey, how does Amanda do this? Or what would you do in this scenario? Or how would you go about this situation? Shoot me a DM on Instagram. I would love to know. We may actually set up a hotline where you can actually like call in and record your question and then I'll answer it on air. I thought that would be really fun. So as we get that set up, I'll let you guys know what the number is and how to go about that. But until then, shoot me a DM on Instagram. I would love to know. It's just at Amanda Rush Holmes. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye for now. You just finished another episode of the Millennial Mom Movement Podcast. And because I know you're a mover and shaker, here's your action item. Snap a screenshot of this episode, share it over on Instagram, and tag me at Amanda Rush Holmes. Each week, I'll pick one person and send you a Starbucks gift card on me as my way of saying, hey, thanks for hanging out with me on the regular and being a part of this incredible movement. See you next week.